0: So, this is the Jacob that we're, we're talking about. Again, coming right, right back to where I started with, you know, he's coming out of the womb and he grabs on to Esau's heel. You know, I mean, starting off, yeah, he's not in a great relationship <laughs> with his brother. Uh, later on, if you recall the story, again, I don't want to take for granted that you know the story, but um, Esau came in from the field one time and uh, Jacob was preparing this red stew. And his brother wanted some, and he convinced him, I'll give you some, right? But he says, you need to give me your birthright. Remember, the firstborn was the one that was given the birthright in this time. So he said, give me your birthright. And basically, Esau gave up his birthright to his, to his brother. And so a lot of these things, I mean, this trickery and stuff, uh, a lot of trickery and uh, in, in scheming went on with Jacob, and he goes on to even later on fool his father Isaac, and remember he gets the blessing from his father Isaac later on. And so Esau is not really, really happy with him, right? Esau, and they've had a lot of issues, and Esau said that he even threatened to kill him. He wanted to kill his brother. So what Jacob does is he runs away. He runs away into a different land, and he goes in with, his, with his uncle Laban. Again, all this is going to start making sense because we're going to refer back to some of these things here in a little bit. So he's with Laban, and he's there with him roughly 20 years or so because of all these different agreements that they have for working to get Rachel and Leah and all, the, all, their, all his daughters. You know, he mar- marries them and so on and so forth. So a lot of trickery uh, going on. Um, Jacob's family grows. He kind of gets into a little rift even with Lab- Laban because the Lord continued to bless what Jacob was doing. And blessing his flocks, blessing his herds, they grew in number. If you look at uh look, go back to Genesis 31. So one chapter back, Genesis 31, in verses one through three. And we'll start here for a minute, and then we'll then we'll pray. Okay. Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's son, saying, "Jacob's taken away all that are our, our fathers, and from what was our fathers he acquired all his wealth." And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban, and indeed it was. Not favorable toward him as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. So that's where we see Jacob leaving with his family. He's leaving Laban. He's going back to his father's land, where his brother Esau happens to be. Okay? So this is kind of a a homecoming that we're going to see here in this in this story. And this is kind of where we pick up our text this morning in Genesis. 32. Jacob is on his journey home. Laban Laban pursues him for a little bit. They make a covenant after that because he was kind of upset that he's leaving with his family. Jacob is now about to approach his brother Esau, the one that he's had a lot of problems with his whole life, a lot of conflict with his brother Esau. So what does he do? He divides his he divides up his flock, he divides up all his possessions, and he sends them ahead of him in two big companies because he's afraid of what Esau is going to do. Remember, the last he knows, Esau still wants to kill him, okay? So Esau still wants to kill him at this point. And so as we read through this, and you'll see kind of what, what, how, we, how Jacob gets into this wrestling with God, and uh, we do that with ourselves from time to time. So if you will, stand with me. We'll read our text this morning, Genesis 32, starting in verse 22. Genesis 32, starting in verse 22. And he arose that night, uh, he, Jacob, arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons, and crossed over the fort at Jabot. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint, As he wrestled with him, and he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. But Jacob asked him, him, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of that place, Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, that over time you have preserved your word. You, you esteem your word higher than your own name. Father, we're so blessed to be able to have your word in front of us this morning. And Father, I pray for each and every person here today, those listening online, those listening on the radio, Lord, that, Lord, our hearts would be open and ready to receive from your word all that you have for us. Father, we thank you that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Lord, your word has a way of fixing our lives, if we'll allow you. So, Lord, do that work today in our lives, Lord, through the power of your word. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So you can be seated. So we see in the beginning here of Genesis 32... Jacob sends over all his possessions ahead of him. Brilliant move, right? <laughs> what, do you remember what the Lord just told him? He said, I'm going to be with you, right? How often do we do that? The Lord tells us something. I'm going to be with you, but okay, Lord, but I'm just going to take this little security thing and just, I'm going to send over all my family in front of me just in case Esau is still mad at me and he decides to kill me. So we see that um, he sent them over in... Um, Look at verse 23. He says, he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Again, it's, it, Jacob is being faithful at this point, a little bit, you know, uh, at, at this point. He really, um, if we don't really think about it a whole lot within modern warfare and stuff, but if Esau wanted to attack him, he was going to be in trouble, right? Because he just sent over his entire company, and now the river is behind him, and usually that was a that was usually not a good place to be backed up against if you were going to going to battle and stuff. So that's where you see his faith. He's like, "Okay, I'm all in. I'm going to just I'm all in with this. I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to do what the Lord said and pray this all works out with Esau." He sent over all that he had, and in verse 20 24 we see there, "Then Jacob was left alone." And I think this is very important for us. This is my our first point here to look at about You know, have you ever noticed that for God to deal with us, He has to get us alone, right? He has to get us away from all the work stuff, even sometimes our family stuff, the things that occupy our lives, the things that may seemingly be not, you know, bad per se, but He had to get Jacob alone before He dealt with him. I mean, can you just imagine this? I mean, He's got this huge entourage, you know, around Him. He's got 12 children. My wife and I, we have, we have eight, so we know a little bit about what that's like. I mean, coming to church is an adventure sometimes, okay? All right? When we go on Thanksgiving, it's like moving, all right? Okay? So I totally understand and relate to moving all of your possessions and kind of what that would look like. So, again, it's not a complaint in the slightest. I wouldn't change anything at all about my family. But can you just imagine for a minute, what he's thinking about. Okay, where did that one go? Where did that kid go? Where's this at? Okay, who has these sheep? Okay, who's got the land? Okay, you know, he's trying to keep track of all this stuff, splitting everybody into two companies. He's worried about Esau killing him. He's got a little bit to worry about, doesn't he? He's got a lot going on. And so this huge activity, this huge entourage going across, you know, I mean, if we aren't careful, we can be too busy to allow God to occupy our time, right? And so what he has to, he has a way, he has an interesting way sometimes of getting us alone, doesn't he? He has a way of wrecking our schedule, so to speak, to get us alone. Because if we're not careful, again, there's nothing wrong with doing things with your family, doing things with your children, and doing things for your work. I mean, those are all, that's life kind of stuff. But what we do have to be careful is that We can't clutter our lives up so much that we don't have any time to spend a moment alone with God. Because it's in those moments when we are alone with God, that's when he talks to us. And that's, man, mean, if you think about that for just a moment, I mean, we as believers, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, get to talk to God. And sometimes we minimize that as believers. Sometimes we minimize that as Christians we are talking with the creator of the universe. We're talking with the cre- our creator. The Bible says that he knew us before he formed us in the womb. You think he knows who you are? Don't, don't be fooled for a minute. He knows who you are. And if we're not careful, we can clutter up our lives and not be able to have that alone time with the Lord. And so he probably gets alone you know for a moment he's alone he's sent all his family forward he's on he's there, he's right there at the shore of, of the jordan and he probably probably prayed right i mean he has he has a lot we have a lot to be thankful for you know he, he's probably thanking god remembering all that the lord did for him you know when he was with laban and all these things and he's probably praying about the upcoming meeting with esau you know he's getting ready to face his brother that he stole the birthright from um again a significant turning point in Jacob's life, and he knew it. But all too often, when we get alone with God, what's the first thing we do? Complain. Oh God, I got this going on, and I got, it. I got this, and that brother, my brother Esau again. You know, I mean, and we can go through our checklist of complaints to God, right? If we're not, if we're not careful, change that up. Why don't we start off by thanking Him, praising Him for all that He's already done? And maybe, maybe you're at that place where you had a mountaintop experience in your life right now. Praise God. That's awesome. Maybe you're in the valley. You know, you're in the valley of despair. It's difficult. You're having a rough time right now. Praise him in that time as well. Don't ever stop praising him because he's not done with you. He's not done doing a work in your life. And here we see Jacob now, you know, a guy with a lot of possessions, a lot of blessings and all this kind of stuff. And God still desires to get him alone. God still desires to get him alone, get him away from all the junk, get him away from all the different things that he's occupying his time, and just have some time with him. And we're going to see what happens when he does that. In verse 24, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint, as he wrestled with him. So we see here, first off, in verse 24, a man wrestles with him into the breaking of day. A lot of times people like to say that Jacob was wrestling with God in this, in this situation. And we'll see here a little while when, when it says a man there. Um, that's basically uh, the Lord appearing in fleshly form in the Old Testament. We see that, and you'll, you'll see why, because he knows who it is later on. We'll, we'll look at that. But it says a man wrestled with him. God was pursuing him. Jacob wasn't necessarily pursuing God at this point. He was pursuing him. Again, Jacob didn't want, start out wanting anything from God. God wanted something from him. He wanted more of his time, he wanted more of him. God wanted to take all of Jacob's proud, you know, self reliance, uh, fleshly scheming, and take all that away from him. And he was coming to take it by force if necessary. Okay? God has a way of getting our attention, doesn't he? He has a way of getting our attention. He can come and wrestle with us as well. I mean, I don't recommend getting in that situation, you know, just tell you ahead of time, you're going to lose, okay? Um, But bottom line, he never intended us to walk alone. He never intended us as believers to be, you know, Lone Ranger Christians, to walk alone, do it alone, to rely on our own stuff, our own strength, our own things that we can do. And that's a lot of what Jacob was doing his whole life, his own scheming, his own ideas, and, you know, his own desires. And now he gets to this turning point where he says, all right, Jacob, enough of that. Let me tell you about my will for your life. Let me tell you about my plan for your life. You're not alone in this. And he promises us in his word that he is never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. Verse 24, again, he says he was alone. This man wrestles with him. And again, we're going to see here in in a a little bit that it's not just any mere man. It is an epiphany of Jesus incarnate in the Old Testament we're going to see here. God in human form. And he wrestled with him. Did you guys catch how long he wrestled with him? It says, until the breaking of day. God wrestled with him until the breaking of day. All night. (laughs) Anybody ever had a rough night like that? A sleepless night? You know, you just can't go to sleep. Maybe you just, you stay up, maybe you pray. I mean, all night praying and wrestling with God. Again, probably uh, very difficult, just supernatural that even the Lord brought him through that alone. And again, we can only imagine what this scene looked like, you know, playing out on the shore of the Jordan. You know, these two, two guys going at it, maybe like a barroom fight, you know. Intense, you know, <laughs> smackdown, MMA, you know. All right you know, you better tap out kind of thing, you know, a wrestling match going on, you know. And Jacob manages to struggle through it the entire night. This is kind of where it gets interesting here in verse 25. He says now, verse 25, now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, so again, as the fight progresses, it seems, right, in in, in appearance, it seems that Jacob is kind of evenly matched here, Right? I mean he's in the ring with God holding his own <laughs> right so again only only in appearance you know the the lord could have won at any time using supernatural power you know and sometimes we feel like we can do that right we feel like we can contend with god you know and maybe you see uh, you know, you have a you have a friend you know that that's in in rebellion and they seem to be doing pretty well with uh battling the lord you know it usually doesn't work out too well for him, you know, God can turn the tide at any moment. I mean, Jacob working hard, fighting through this, and then in the blink of an eye, the Lord changes the outcome. Maybe you remember doing that as a little kid, you know, you guys have that uncle, you know, that just always wrestled with, with you, you know, always messed with you when you were a little kid, you know, you go in, and he always wanted to wrestle with you, and you, know, you get in there, and maybe you get into an arm wrestling match with him, and you get him, and you're like all the way down, and he just goes, you're like, oh, great, thanks a lot, defeated, you know. That's kind of like what this wrestling match was with, with, uh, between, between Jacob and the Lord, you know. I mean, that's kind of what was going on here. I he probably felt the same day. You know, he's wrestling with him all night. He's wore out, and God just says, okay, there's your hip socket. Take that, you know. How the hell do you like that, you know, okay? Defeated, right? When all along, that's what God wanted Jacob to come to that place where he was defeated before the Lord, where he was defeated and willing to be changed now at this point by God. So maybe you're struggling with that. Maybe you're battling God over something. Maybe you're battling God over something that he wants to take away from you. He wants to get out of your life. Surrender. Tap out. Go ahead and tap out now. Let Give it to him. He wants to take it. And this, the man knew Jacob was wouldn't last out much longer, you know. I mean, you even see here, you know, it tells us that Jacob clung to him, you know. Look at verse 26, and he said to him, he says, let me go for the day breaks. That's the Lord saying, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, Jacob replies, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So Jacob is knowing, he's realizing at this point that he's losing the battle, and um, he doesn't let go though. So when you're in the battle, when you're in the midst of it, when you're in the midst of maybe that fight with, don't, don't stop holding on to the Lord. Don't stop holding on to that relationship that you have with the Lord. I mean, this is, this is an invaluable place for us as believers to come to. And ultimately, if you're not, may be, maybe you've never heard anything I'm saying this morning. Maybe you've never come to that place where you've realized that, okay, the Lord needs to be the Lord of my life. Give it up. Don't stop clinging on to him. I mean, hold on tight. This is again, this is an invaluable place for everybody to come to when we come to the place where God, we allow God to conquer us. To conquer ourself, to conquer our self-reliance, to conquer our pride. Ouch, right? I don't need to be prayer. I don't need prayer. I mean, I got everything, everything's fine in my life. I don't I don't need prayer right now. Really? Okay. Maybe God needs to do a work on your pride. There's something to be said for every man that does this when they're wrestling with God. And we need to stop for a moment, acknowledge His greatness, and allow Him to defeat us. Allow Him to crush your flesh. And we need to be reminded of that constantly. Again, sometimes we can put God in that place where He's our buddy, He's our friend. And yes, the Scripture tells us that we are friends of the Lord, right? but he's not your friend like you go to school with, okay? He's still God. He is still God. So we need to make sure that we're not like um, diminishing who he is. We have to allow him to conquer our flesh. We have to allow him to conquer our will, our plans, right? Our desires, the things that we want to do and say, okay, Lord, here they all are. Take them, replace them with Okay, your plan for my life, your will for my life, and your desires for my life. And if you've never done that, I mean, that, that, that can be a difficult place to be for you right now. But we have to get to that place. It's an invaluable place for every person to come to. Even as believers, again, we need to be reminded of this daily, you know. Okay, Lord, <laughs> not your will today, <laughs> not my will today, but your will. Not my plans today today but your plans, not my desires today, but your desires for my life today. Jacob was willing to do that at this point. In verse 26 again, he says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And now that, to us, the verbiage there seems kind of like Jacob dictating something to God, right? You know, well, God, I'm going to tell you, do this, this, and this. And if you don't, well, then I'm not going to follow you right now. That's, that's not, not at all the, the, the text here. God had overcome Jacob here, you know, and we know that basically from uh, Hosea, Hosea 12, verses 3 through 5. We'll look at this uh, quickly here because we see that when it's described in Hosea that he was actually weeping through this. Look at verse 3 in Hosea 12. He took his brother by the heel in the womb, and in his strength, he struggled with God. You notice that it says there, his strength (laughs) in his own strength, he struggled with God. Yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from him, and he found Bethel, and there he spoke to us. That is the Lord God of hosts. The Lord is his memorable name. So here, we're seeing Jacob is understanding that he's being defeated. You know, Jacob was always clever about tricking people, you know, duping people, being sneaky about things dealing, wheeling and dealing, you know, we didn't really get into it, but when he's down there with Laban, he's wheeling and dealing with him over and over again to get his daughters, you know, really, he wanted Rachel, but, you know, he, Laban said, no, I'll give you Leah, and he's like, all right, I'll work for Leah for seven years, and then, and then he, and he, no, I want, okay, seven more years, he's wheeling and dealing his whole life and scheming over and over again, and sometimes we can, we can do that, right, we can kind of wheel and deal with the Lord, right, well, Lord, I'll do this if you do this, right, you know, don't, don't, don't get into that place with the Lord. And we see what's going on here is that Jacob re- never really got to the place where he completely trusted in God and God alone. And again, maybe, maybe you're at that place today. Maybe, maybe you're there where, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll trust you with this area of my life, and I'll trust you with this area of my life, but you haven't completely given yourself over to him. Maybe you're still relying on what you can do in your own strength. Maybe you're still dealing with it and you're struggling through something on your own and you don't trust him to take it. You don't trust him that he can do a work in that area of your life. Man, tap out. Stop wrestling. Start completely trusting in him. Give it over to him. And that's kind of what we see Jacob coming to this place where he's going to start relying more and solely on the Lord. And it's when we stop wrestling and start completely trusting, and when we only only when we come to this point in our lives can he really do a work there, right? You know, when we're, when we're doing it on our own, in our own flesh, in our own strength, our own thoughts, our own, own ideas, I mean, when we're doing all that, he's like, man, I got no room to work here. He's like, you got to get that stuff out of the way and give me, a, give, me, give me something to work with, you know? Give it over to him. Give it over to him. And here, Jacob is reduced to the place where All he could do at this point is just hold on to the Lord with everything he had. He knew that he was done. His ways were done. His scheming is done. He couldn't fight anymore, but he did this. He still held on to the Lord. Don't stop holding on to the Lord. Maybe you're going through a, a, again, you're in a struggle this morning, a really difficult place. Don't stop holding on to the Lord. And we see here, you know, basically that, God is, as, is answering uh, Jacob's prayer from Genesis 32, verses 9 through 12. If you look back just a little bit earlier in Genesis 32, then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth of which you have shown your servant, for I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies, again splitting his family into two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest I come, lest he come and attack me, and the mother with the children. For you said, Don't you like that when you remind God what he said? For you said, You will surely treat you will you will surely treat you well, and make your descendants of the land of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. God is answering his prayer. But before he can do that, and before he can be delivered from the hand of his brother Esau, what had to happen? God had to deliver Jacob from himself, okay? And again, he had to take away his self-will. He had to take away his self-reliance and all that he could do in his own flesh and in his own strength, and then God could say, ah, now I can use you. That's the difference of being hard hearted toward the Lord, in that, I don't need the Lord. I got this. I don't need you in my life. I don't need to do this. I don't need you to do that. I got this area of my life. No, be that soft hearted believer. Be soft hearted where we are, you know, the, the clay in the potter's hands, and let him just mold and shape you the way he wants to. All along, Jacob's mindset here is who's the enemy? It's his brother Esau, right? That's what he's afraid of. He's like, I'm going back to the land just like God said, but my brother's there. He hates me. He's going to kill me probably. All along, Jacob thought the real enemy was outside of him, right? But where's it at? It's inside. It's this carnality, it's this fleshly nature that had to be conquered by God. And again, sometimes I think that is our biggest struggle, is with ourselves. And we don't realize that. We like to point the finger. My wife is like this, my children, my job, my boss. I mean, and, and we're pointing everywhere outside, right? And God's going, nope. <laughs> Ouch. Okay, Lord. Sorry. Take myself away. Take my self-reliance away. Conquer me right now, Lord. And I think a lot of us, sometimes we forget that we have to come back to that place. Even as believers, we have to come back to that place and allow the Lord to conquer that part of your life. Don't hold on to it. Don't try to... Don't continue to wrestle with God. You're going to lose. I'm just telling you the end story now, okay? Let's look at um, back in Genesis 32 in verse 27. This was so impactful in Jacob's life. Look what happens. He says, so he said to him, Jacob asking him, the Lord, what is your name? And The Lord asking him, what is your name? And he says, Jacob. And he said... Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. So now Jacob is asking the Lord, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So first, you know, he asked, the Lord asked him, what is your name? Jacob must have felt this sense of uh, shame, shame. admitting that his name was Jacob, right? All his accusations of his previous life and deception and cheating and scheming from the time he was born, right? This is who he was. And uh, Jacob kind of had to admit it, you know, and we have to come to that realization that, yes, Lord, I, I cannot do this alone. I This is who I am. I cannot do this alone. But what do we like to do? We like to we like to kind of name ourselves favorably. You know, we like to look at ourselves favorably, right? Well, <laughs> I'm not like that guy, you know. <laughs> Thank God I'm not like him, you know. And we compare ourselves horizontally, right? When instead, we should be comparing ourselves vertically. with What does God's word say? And comparing ourselves with that. And he comes to him and the Lord asks him, what is your name? So Jacob, you know, God wouldn't allow Jacob to cover up his name uh, because it reflected his his true nature. The same the same goes for us. I mean, you don't have to try to cover up who you are to come to the Lord. You know, you don't have to clean yourself up to come to the Lord. This doesn't make make sense. Again, I've shared that before. It's like you know, working out at home and getting all ripped and stuff so you can go to the gym. It's like, what's the point of that? It's the same thing with church. You know, don't try to get cleaned up on the outside so you can come to church. We're all a bunch of messed up people, okay? If you guys haven't figured that out yet. Stick around for a while. You'll figure that out. You know? <laughs> we may be foolish to think that, you know, the Lord doesn't know who we are. He knows. The Lord knew you before he formed you in the womb. He knows who you are. So he tells Jacob in verse 28, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. So Israel is a compound word. It means two things. It means Sarah and then L. It means fight or struggle. And then God. L means God. So a lot, of, a lot of times people like to think that it means like, you know, he who rules with God. But when, when in Hebrew names, the way, the way they structure it, usually um, God is not the verb, it's, it, but the subject. And so really, like if you think of the name Daniel, what, is the, what, is, what does Daniel mean? Daniel means God judges, not he judges God. So the principle is with Israel is very the same. It means that his name is now Israel. It means God rules. God rules my life. Isn't that awesome that God changed his name? Did you know he did the same thing for you when you got saved? He said, you're no longer Brian. You are now my child. You are now mine. And if you have done, if you have made that choice to completely submit your life to the Lord and call him Lord Say, yes, he is Lord of my life. The, the old nature is gone. The old man is gone. You don't need to be called that anymore. But who likes to remind us of who your name is? right? Satan, right, you know? He likes to remind us of the old man, right? But we don't have to allow that because God has already changed our name if we are in him and we are if you are a new believer in Christ. Old things have gone away. And if you recall here, this wrestling match, you know, it, it, it wasn't until Jacob completely surrendered to the Lord and allowed God to rule over his life that it was over. Maybe, maybe you can or cannot say that for your own life today. I mean, does, does God rule over your life? Not just some stuff, all stuff. Not just some areas of your life, all areas of your life. He wants all of you. He doesn't want part of you. He wants all of your time. He doesn't want some of it. He doesn't want the five minutes you give him when you wake up in the morning. He doesn't want the five minutes you give him when you go, right before you go to bed and you fall asleep praying. He wants your whole life, all of it. So make sure that we're not holding back areas in our lives. And, man, let him have authority over your life. You will not regret it. Again, I'm not talking about a difficult day here or there. You know, I mean, if we're honest, we all have those difficult days (laughs) when we're shaking our fist at God and commanding him to do something in our lives. And he says, I'm trying. (laughs) You're not letting me. Give the Lord complete authority over your life. From this point on in Scripture, okay, he says your name is no longer Jacob. It's going to be called Israel. Did you know from this point on in Scripture that he's referred to Jacob twice as much as he is Israel? The old man's still there. <laughs> the old Jacob is still there, just like he is with us, you know, and if we're not careful, he'll rear his ugly head from time to time. Look at verse 28. We'll kind of start to wrap it up here. He says, For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Jacob prevailed in the sense that he endured through the struggle until he allowed God to thoroughly conquer him. When you, when you battle with God, I mean, you only win by losing. You get that? When you battle with God, you only win by losing and letting go. Give him complete control. And this is, in a sense, how it says here that Jacob prevailed. Jacob came to that point where he said, Okay, God, I give. Tapping out, I'm tapping out. I'm done. I give. And then he says, he goes on in verse 29. He's asking, he's inquiring the Lord now. He's asking, he's asking the man. He's like, why is it that you inquire about my name? I mean, the man probably refused to tell Jacob his name because he figured that you know, by now Jacob should know it. (laughs) You know, if you don't know who you're wrestling with at this point. (laughs) we got a whole nother problem. <laughs> you know, he's thinking that Jacob should probably already know it. And it's true for us as well. You know, all too often, we know, that the, <laughs> we know that we're wrestling with the Lord. I mean, if we're completely honest with ourselves, we, we know, you know, when the Lord is telling you to do something. <laughs> you know, and usually it's those cases when you really don't want to do it, right? Standing in line at Kroger, waiting to check out, and the Lord's like, hey, why don't you talk to that person in front of you? must be talking to somebody else because I don't know who else is. You know, there's nobody else in line with you, right? You know? You're the only one in line with that other person, right? And you're like, Lord, you've got to be talking to somebody else because I'm not talking to anybody you know? here. Yeah, you know when the Lord's talking to you. You know. Allow him to work in your life. Don't be overcome by your flesh and your pride and your self-reliance and fear. Remember, fear also crippled Jacob, he was fearful of going back into the land and having to face his brother Esau. Fearful of that. It's time to tap out. Surrender to the Lord. Allow him to finish that work that he started in you. You know, some of the guys that were in here, we had a great time yesterday at the men's breakfast. It was really, really awesome. Pastor Mike shared some awesome stuff out of Ephesians. I mean, how we, as believers and Christians, we are all like these little bricks. Hey, check this out, Mike. I got my little brick here, okay? Okay. I am a grown man, and yes, I carry around Legos. Okay? All right? Mike shared that we're all, each and every one of us as believers, we are like this little Lego brick, right, that he's chipping away at, he's shaving off stuff, he's doing a work in our lives, because each and every one of us has a place in God's kingdom. Every single one of us. And that, you know what, that place, you're the only one that fits in that spot in, in, in God's te- in God's temple. You're the only one that can fill that. You're the only one that can do that. The Lord's constantly chipping us away to make sure that we fit in that spot because he's never done with us. He's smoothing out the edges. He's making sure the corners aren't too sharp, right? Because, you know, you sit next to somebody at church and they're, they're sharp. It hurts sometimes, right? You know, we have a way of, uh, as, as believers and Christians, we have a way of, uh, You know, self-inflicted wounds sometimes or gouging our brother and sister if we're not careful, right? So he's chipping away at us. He's shaving away those things. He's not done with you. He has a place for you in the body of Christ. Every single one of us. So don't forget that. Carry around Legos. All right? Last thing here, verse 29. uh, We see here, and he blessed him there. This was absolutely a blessing of um, Jacob being defeated by God. I mean, maybe, uh, again, if you've come to that place where you've allowed the Lord to, you, you've surrendered to the Lord, man, it, is, it really is a blessing when you come to that place and allow him to take complete control over your life. And the blessing of the old guy, the old Jacob going away, now the new life, Israel coming. And it may have all you know, had to do with the, the great idea here of, you know, he's fulfilling the blessing from Abraham all the way down through, you know. Maybe it was uh, he's meeting Jacob's immediate need, right? Remember, he was fearful of his brother Esau right here, you know? I'm sure after this whole wrestling match, you know, I mean, he was, man, if he's afraid of anybody right now, it's probably the Lord, okay? (laughs) And, man, if we fear the Lord, we should never fear man. Whatever Jacob needed at this point, God blessed him and provided exactly, exactly what he needed. How, how true is that for us as, as believers, right? God's blessings are always provided at exactly the right time at the precise moment that we need him. And he offers up these two, two memorials here. Look at verse uh, 30. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and He preserved my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip and the muscle that shrank. So the first memorial here, Jacob calls the name of this place, Pineal, which is Face of God. I mean, again, remember I mentioned earlier, he's asking him, hey, who are you, you know? He knew who he was, okay? He, he named it Face of God without ever hearing back from the Lord who he was. He knew that he was wrestling with God. And again, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we know when the Lord is telling us to do something, Jacob also understood it was only by God's grace and mercy that he escaped this episode. <laughs> Again, I don't don't recommend you know going going to battle and with the Lord um, unless you can just come to that point quickly of surrender. God is so uh, gracious to us. And then the second memorial, if you will, he has uh, this perpetual limp the rest of his life. <laughs> Man, talk about a reminder that the Lord, that you're bought with a price, and the Lord took over your life. Man, can you imagine that? That, you know, every step that you take the rest of your life is beca- it, it's a reminder of what the Lord did. Man, what a picture for us. Every step that we take in our life should be a reminder of what the Lord is doing in our lives. We need to remind ourselves daily of who he is and make sure that he is Lord of every area of your life. Maybe this isn't like a, a salvation issue for you. Maybe this is more of a, just something you're struggling with. You know, I mean, maybe you haven't given the Lord complete authority over certain areas of your life. You're holding back as if you can do a better job with it than Him. Really? I mean, He knows you. Guys, you know, salvation is more than just fire insurance, <laughs> okay? Salvation is more than just keeping you out of hell, He's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for you. He's got he wants to do a work in your life. He has a plan for you to do work in his kingdom. So don't man, what and what a privilege it is that we get to be used by him. A privilege it is that we get to be a part of his plan and his work. So again, maybe maybe you're wrestling with God today, you know I mean, I can't answer that for you. Only, only you can answer that if you're at that place of where you're struggling and wrestling with him over something. Best advice I can tell you is just surrender. Surrender. Yield. <laughs> Tap out. <laughs> Give it over to him. Give him full authority of your life. And I heard it, you know, years ago when, when I first got saved, you know, and probably even before I got saved, you know, he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all, Okay? He's either Lord of your entire life, or He's not Lord of your life. Give Him everything. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for Your Word this morning. We thank You, Father God, Lord, that You're not done with us. Thank You, Lord, that You're constantly chipping away at us, Lord. You're constantly molding and shaping us into into that brick that fits perfectly into Your plan And Father, I pray for everyone here this morning, Lord, if there's areas of our lives, Lord, that you want to take from us, Lord, you, want, you just want us to surrender over to you, Lord, I pray that we can do that right now, Lord, the altar is open, Lord, that, and maybe there's those here today that, that don't know you at all, Lord, maybe they've never heard this before about having a personal relationship with you. I know that was a foreign concept to me when even being raised in the church, it was foreign concept to me that I could have a personal one-on-one relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. So if there's anyone here today, Lord, that needs that relationship, I pray that they will uh, also come forward and just ask for prayer, Lord, and not leave here. Father, I pray that every person here, uh, even myself, uh, Lord, included through this study, Lord, just continue to allow the change to take place in our life, Lord. Take away the old... Jacob of our lives, Lord. Take away the old man. Thank you, Lord, for calling us Israel, the new man, Lord. God rules in my life. God rules in our lives. Thank you again, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. Don't ever stop doing a work in us. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.